Good morning. And welcome to worship today. Uh, welcome to uh, friends, guests, and visitors you might have with us. We're very glad that you are here. And a special welcome to our uh, uh, scouts who are with us today from Troop 34. Today is Scout Sunday. We're very glad to be celebrating our, our longtime partnership with Troop 34. So if you see anyone in a scout uniform, be sure to thank them for being here, and uh, we'll hear an update from our, our scout troop during the service. And we'll also get to hear from, from Reese today on, on the bagpipes, which is always a special treat for us. Just a, a few announcements before we get started for today. Um, uh, we're kind of in the early uh, stages of um, looking at a, a next phase of sound system upgrades. And so we've got a, a demonstration today um, that uh, Dan Olson has uh, prepared for us of some speakers that might work well in our space. And so it'll take a little bit to set those up after the service, but for anyone who might be interested in seeing that or hearing that, uh, you're welcome to stick around for a chat. Uh, also this week, we have our um, Red Cross blood drive uh, coming up on Thursday, February 9th. So if you are a blood donor, uh, you can uh, sign up for that. And then just uh, some up updates to our prayers. Uh, we're, we're thinking of the family of uh, Tom Coyle who passed away, the Coyle family, uh, uh, longtime members here at Trinity, and so we're thinking of them. And his visitation is today um, at Gunnison East. And then our, our hearts are, are going out to Wendy, our, our music director, as, uh, as Wendy's brother died this week. And so we are, we're thinking of you, Wendy, and hold you in our, in our prayers today. Are there any other announcements we should make this morning before we begin? If not, we'll begin our service with our prelude music.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who makes all things new, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. Holy One, source of our renewal, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We have not practiced your righteousness. Our hearts have turned away from you. For the sake of the world you so love, forgive us that we may be reconciled to one another for the glory of your holy name. Thus says our God, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. God's mercy makes us new. We are forgiven in the name of Christ our Savior.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Spirit of truth, you search the depths of the heart, our hearts, and even God's heart. Teach us the secret of wisdom, that where we are yoked to injustice, empty rituals, and fear, we might become yoked to community, solidarity, and risk-taking love. Tear down the walls of self-righteousness that we build so that you might build through us strong bones, watered gardens, hope for the generations, ancient ruins restored, streets to live in. Spirit of truth, repair the breach between our hearts that the wisdom of cruciform love is all we know. Our hearts shining with God's own heart like a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Amen. Please be seated. And at this time, we'll, we'll hear an update on our scout troop. Hello, good morning Trinity, can you hear me okay? Uh, some of you may know me, my name is Jay Kempen. Um, I am the Assistant Scout Master for Troop 34. Um, I've been with the troop probably about two years now, but our um, relationship with Trinity goes back uh, 25 years. Um, I wanna thank you for this opportunity to speak of, on Scout Sunday. Uh, we're Able, uh, we're so glad that we can thank um, you for being our charter organization. Um, and we have a few updates of what's been going on. Uh, we've got some younger scouts that joined our troop. Um, it would be a year ago. Uh, they're moving up in their rank advancement in our troop. Um, we've got some older scouts that are approaching Eagle. So uh, four scouts approaching Eagle, uh, five younger scouts um, who are approaching Tenderfoot. Um, you know, Trinity really provides an essential service to the troop. Uh, this is a place for us to meet. We store our gear and our supplies here. Um, and it's an important place to hold our, our ceremonies uh, and to make memories for our young, your young scouts. Um, Trinity also provides uh, many things that are non-tangible. Um, they help us in supporting scouting for food efforts. Um, you guys purchase popcorns and plants um, um, and wreaths during the winter time. Um, this has been a very valuable um, experience or a very valuable relationship for the scout troop. I would also say that um, as, a, as a troop, we try to be as inclusive and welcoming as possible, um, much like Trinity does. Um, your support as a charter organization gives us a home base uh, where we can exercise one of our fundamental goals of scouting, which is community service. Uh, the troop in the past has done some work cleaning out the first street lot. Uh, we have done shoveling in past years, although all the snow seemed to come all at once this year, uh, just recently. Uh, we have helped with the Road Home um, initiative here when it was in the building. Um, and we participate in the pet festival that's held every year in the parking lot. 
Um, we also helped paint the cool mural on the side of the building. Uh, there are other activities, other community service activities the troop does. Uh, packing bags, loading cars, smashing boxes at Goodman Center, um, and handing out Thanksgiving baskets. Uh, picking up trash along the bike path and in the main parking lot. Now three quarters of scouting is outing. So we also do a monthly camping outing. Um, last night we were here doing a lock-in in your basement. Uh, the scouts had a great time. They said they heard footsteps all during the night, so you may have a ghost. Um, uh, we were able to make breakfast the next morning, uh, waffles and bacon and things like that in your kitchen. Um, the scouts really had a great time. Luckily, I went home and was able to sleep in my own bed and then come back <laughs> and help, <laughs> help clean up in the morning because there was enough scout leaders uh, to supervise the scouts. Um, some other things that we are up to is high adventure in the summer. Uh, looks like it's going to be a bicycle trip over many nights, so biking and camping. Um, but we've also done canoeing and hiking. Um, none of this would be possible without the help of Trinity. Um, this, the space that you guys provide allows 34, Troop 34 to do many of the activities that we um, want to do um, and helps build our scouts toward Eagle Scout. Um, I just want to throw out a recruitment plug. If you have a middle schooler or high schooler that's interested in, in scouting, um, you know, they can contact me or Holly directly, um, or even Pastor Andy can direct them toward us. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Our first reading today is from Isaiah, chapter 58. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush, and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor to your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, here I am. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Light shines in the darkness for the delight in God's commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in their halls, and their righteousness will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. The righteous have mercy and full of compassion. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. It is good for them to be generous in lending and to manage their affairs with justice for they will never be shaken the righteous will be kept in everlasting remembrance they will not be afraid of any evil rumors their heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their heart is established and will not shrink until they see their desire upon their enemies. They have given freely to the poor and their righteousness stands fast forever. They will hold up their head with honor. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
and I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within us? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the word, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. Word of God, word of life. Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does, not, but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. 
And may grace and peace be with you all, friends. And one more special welcome to our, who are, to our scouting friends who are with us today. Uh, I was never an Eagle Scout, but I did make it to life, and so I'm thinking back to my, my Scout days. For some reason, the memory that is coming back to me, because it's winter probably, is being at Scout Camp in the winter, and uh, we had this big hill. We're talking about the Sermon on the Mount here. I think that's maybe the, the strange connection in my head. But there's this big hill uh, called Hamburger Hill, which was a lot of fun to go up and down on. Uh, we had tubes uh, and sleds, and I have uh, a memory that's fond now, but, uh, uh, but uh, of going really fast, but then veering the wrong way and, and uh, end up ending up uh, running into a post that took the wind out of me. And uh, uh, I was okay, but um, I will always remember Hamburger Hill. <laughs> So this week in our gospel reading, we're continuing with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Last week I called the Sermon on the Mount Jesus' inaugural address, uh, because it's like so many of those uh, examples from our own history in America of inaugural addresses that set the trajectory and tone for what is to come. This is Jesus setting a vision for what will come next. In the gospel story, he has already been healing, calling disciples, announcing the nearness of the kingdom. And so here on the mountain, Jesus unpacks for those who are starting to follow him what this kingdom of heaven will mean. Now the New Testament scholar Mary Hinkle Shore makes another comparison. She says we can think of the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus' I have a dream speech. That is, Jesus is making a prophetic speech like, the, like Dr. King at the March on Washington. And both King and Jesus have laid out a powerful vision for the future and are calling upon their listeners to be part of it. This speech by Jesus begins with the Beatitudes, which is what we read last week. It's where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. And now we follow up to the next section that comes right after the Beatitudes. So I'd like to build, in some ways, uh, upon what we started talking about last week, because this is all part of a, a bigger section, which is all part of Jesus' powerful dream for us, for humanity. I'd like for you to consider, to imagine, the original hearers of this sermon and to try and place yourself on the mountainside. Jesus is speaking primarily to this close circle of disciples, the people he started to call into his movement. But also there's a large crowd that has followed him there that surrounds him and the disciples. So what kind of people are standing with us on the mountainside this morning? It's most likely the kinds of people we hear about in the Beatitudes, they would be the poor in spirit, the meek, the mourning, those hungering for a better world, for something more. The crowd that assembled is made up of what some might have called the dregs of society, the leftovers, the seemingly undesirable. Jesus, after all, is basing his ministry in one of the poorest corners of the Roman Empire. He starts off in Capernaum, 
a small rural community on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. So basically nowhere by worldly standards. You know, you can think about like flyover country, something like that, where you might say, I'm from such and such place, and the people in the big central city of the Roman Empire would have no idea where Capernaum was or why it would matter. So this was basically nowhere. But Jesus starts healing the sick and reaching out to the poor and outcast. Matthew 4 said, They brought him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics. And when Jesus starts calling disciples, he starts with a couple of apprentice fishermen. He doesn't even start with the boss. He starts with some of the helpers. So he doesn't start off with the well-connected or the well-resourced. He starts on the margins. He starts on the, with the people that others are neglecting. He doesn't start with the strongest warriors for his kingdom movement. He doesn't start with the best students. He starts with some relative nobodies that he happens to find by the seashore. So I want you to imagine this kind of crowd that Jesus has assembled by the time he begins to teach, by the time he begins his inaugural address in chapter 5, to place yourself among them. He has a crowd made up of the poor, the hopeless, the cast aside, the barely hanging on. He has a crowd of the hungry and the meek, the grieving and the persecuted. So when Jesus starts his inaugural address with, blessed are the poor in spirit, the mourning and the meek, he's naming people in the crowd. He's not naming someone over there in need of our charity. Jesus is saying, hey you, yes you, the one who feels hopeless. No, not the person behind you, I'm talking to you. If you are hopeless about the world being any different than it is, if you feel hopeless about having enough to eat for your family next week, I have wonderful, earth-shaking news for you because a whole new world is about to be born. The kingdom of heaven is on its way. And in fact, the kingdom of heaven starts here and now with me. God is about to turn the world upside down and things are going to look different for you. Keep your chin up because blessed are you who are hopeless because the kingdom of heaven, this thing that's going on right here in your midst, belongs to you. And how about you over there? Yes, you, the one who is mourning. I'm here to promise you comfort. And you, yes, you, the one who feels powerless in this squabbling, greedy world, the one who can't seem to catch a break or get ahead, I have reality-altering news for you too. God is going to shake things up around here, and you are going to inherit the earth. My point in this is that the Sermon on the Mount is not an Ivy League commencement address. It is not addressed to what the world might call the best and the brightest. It doesn't follow those worldly standards. It is not addressed to the strong or the wise or the swift. From the world's vantage point, Jesus is speaking to a group of so-called nobodies from nowhere with next to nothing. It reminds me of something the Apostle Paul wrote in one of our readings last week that he continues in our second reading today. He wrote in 1 Corinthians, Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. 
Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, that no one might boast in the presence of God. So in the midst of the Roman Empire, Jesus starts his ministry in the poorest corner with the people who are left out and downtrodden. I've been harping on this theme on and off for a couple of weeks now because I think it's so central to the faith. Because we're seeing a pattern here, right? That our God is one who often chooses to work through the most unlikely of people to achieve God's purposes. Sometimes that could be us. Ours is a God who works not only through our gifts and strengths. Ours is a God who not only works through us on our best day, but a God who works through our weaknesses on our worst days as well. A God who can bring grace and mercy even through imperfect people. And so with all of this on mind, if we're all of this in mind, if we're on the mountainside with this kind of crowd, this kind of outsider crowd, these marginalized people, consider how shocking Jesus' words are in today's text. From the world's perspective, He's speaking to a crowd of nobodies from nowhere with nothing. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city on a hill. I wonder if the disciples and those members of the crowd stood taller than they had ever stood in their lives. What dignity, what purpose Jesus was speaking to them. Most of the world discredits you, discards you, but you are the light of the world. These weren't nobodies from nowhere with nothing. From God's perspective, they were the hope of the world. They were citizens of the kingdom of heaven. They were VIPs. They were children of God and followers of Christ. They had everything they needed to spice up the earth and to illuminate the world. And I believe there is good news for us here, my friends, because I think we often hear the call to be salt and light as a challenge to be our best and brightest, that we can maybe be light for the world on our best day if we're lucky. And that's a fine enough message because God can use your gifts and strengths. But the more liberating message is this, that God often chooses parts of us that the world would reject in order to bring life and light and spice to others. That's the kind of God that we have. The one who would look at the poor and the meek and say, these are my VIPs, this is the team that I'm going to be on to change the world. And if our God can take a ragtag bunch of misfits on a hillside in ancient Palestine, and transform them into the beginning of a kingdom movement, just imagine what God can do with this ragtag bunch we have here. (laughs) If you are hopeless today, if you are mourning, if you feel powerless and like you can't catch a break, listen to Jesus 
speaking to you today. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Psalm 306 from Winslow Mayfair Spoken. Yeah. Hymn number 306, please uh, stand as you are able. Called together to follow Jesus, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. 
call your people to seek your wisdom in difficult conversations and actions. Give the church everywhere courage to repent for the ways we have tolerated and practiced injustice and to effectively address systematic racism and police brutality. Merciful God. Inspire our wonder at creation, from the light of dawn to the beauty of the dark night. Sustain the unseen depths of the oceans to the plants and animals that we know well. Bring healing to lands and communities experiencing natural disasters, including those affected by ice storms in the southern and central United States. Merciful, for God, merciful God. Instruct the powerful in, our, in your ways. Provide upright leadership in business and industry so that workers are not oppressed. Throughout the world, inspire voters and raise up politicians to heed your call for nations to practice righteousness. Merciful God. Loosen the bonds of injustice in our midst. Grant peace and endless quarrels. Put an end to hunger and break every yoke of oppression. Shelter all those who flee abuse in their homes or violence in their communities. Satisfy those afflicted in any way, especially Catherine, Joanne, Judy, Sharon, Jim, and those we name now, aloud or silently. Merciful God, Hear our shape our congregation to be the salt for the earth. Give us delight in your commandments that we are generous with those in need. Make us steadfast in our trust in you, ready with tangible mercy and compassion for our neighbors. Merciful God, receive our prayer. The cross and resurrection bring redemption from sin and death. We praise you for all whose unshaken faith in Christ shines forth in their witness. Keep them in our remembrance and bring us with them into the kingdom of heaven. Be with the family of Wendy Ward as they mourn the sudden loss of her brother John and the family of Tom, Tom Kuehl at his memorial service this afternoon. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. We bring to you our needs and hopes, O oh God, trusting your wisdom and power revealed in Christ crucified. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you.
please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Liberating aiding God, you break the bonds of injustice and let the oppressed go free. Receive these offerings in thanksgiving for all your works of merciful power and shape us as people of your justice and freedom. You we magnify and adore through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son, and in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O holy God, you are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be a light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your son. He is your light, shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. Night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, it's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his preaching and healing, his dying and rising and his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your spirit, bless us in this meal that refreshed with this heavenly food, we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son. Through him, all glory and honor is yours. Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, 
and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated while we share some instructions for communion today. As communion today, you'll come up the side aisles, for at the front of the side aisles, there are these two uh, tables where you'll uh, pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing, uh, where it'll be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just uh, bring the elements with you to the railing. And after you commune at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this uh, bowl by the center aisle. We want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that, that anyone who wishes to come forward is welcome to commune with us today. Uh, you also are, are welcome to, to stay in your uh, seats. Uh, if you'd like to come forward and receive a blessing, just cross your arms over your chest so we can offer a simple blessing uh, as well. Uh, but we want everyone to know that, that all are welcome uh, who wish to participate. Uh, because we like to say here that uh, this is not Trinity Lutheran's table, this is the Lord's table. And the invitation comes from Christ. Receive this invitation to communion. Come and taste the joy of God.
peace stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Holy One, we thank you for the healing that springs forth abundantly from this table. Renew our strength to do justice, love kindness, and journey humbly with you.
before we go, uh, let's thank our scout troop. Let's thank Reese and, and all, all of the families who are here with us today for being here today. So thank you. <laughs> now receive this blessing. The God who faithfully brings forth justice and breaks the oppressor's rod, bless, strengthen, and uphold you today and always. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace, follow the way of Jesus. Thanks be to God.